We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike DeVito, here with nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Jeff Allen. And we are here to bring you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Whew! Man. <laughs> rough, right? Man. I... Yeah, so we're going to do that today. Listen, the Chiefs have been up and down this year. One thing that's consistent week in and week out is Cookie Society cookies. Jeff, talk to me about some cookies, man. Cookiesociety.com, they ship nationwide. Like, I need the one, that. Right the now. one thing about cookies is, I mean, you can, you can eat them in good times. You can eat them in bad times. You know, you can celebrate or you can drown in your sorrow with cookies. <laughs> so, I mean. It's a win-win with Cookie Society. You know, get you some cookies to feel better. Gotta have it. There's got no, new there's merch. No you got, you got the Sugar Daddy shirt here. This is yeah, brother. Uh, some <laughs> other true. things. You know, there's a lot of good things going on with Cookie Society, and you know, trying to get some good things for the Chiefs right now. Yeah, brother. All right, check them out. CookieSociety.com. We thank our sponsors as always. So grateful. All right, Big Jeff. This is not what we expected. We knew this was going to be a tough game, uh, but Jeff. Like, listen, every week we talk about the defense and it's warranted because the defense is yeah. really struggling. I, if you would have, if I was a betting man, you would have said Kansas City was only going to put up three points. Yeah. That, I, didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. That's a, against the Titans. Like, that's not a bad defense, but it's not like the 86 Bears. I, mean, uh, I mean, we saw what Buffalo did to them the week prior. Yeah. Um, I mean, they lost to the Jets. I mean, it, it's not the greatest defense. Um, so that was very surprising to see us come out and look equally as bad as the defense. Um, and the defense actually came out in the second half and played a little bit better. Granted, um, Tennessee had a lead, and they probably weren't pressing as much. But right. I think they came out and did some decent things yeah. in the second half. But, I mean, we got we to gotta play better all around. Um, just felt really flat. Um, wasn't great effort, honestly. Like I hate yeah. to say that. Um but I don't know. It just wasn't great effort. Um I think we could have played harder. I don't know if it was a product of getting down early and then saying, you know what, this isn't gonna be our game. Um but yeah, it, it I didn't you know, it wasn't it wasn't good to watch that. Um 
offense up until this point has, has been playing well. Um, but yeah. this is just a disaster. Um, and it started up front. I mean, the O-line definitely could have played better. I think Pat was under pressure a lot. Um, and then he started to see ghosts. That's a term that we use. Yeah. Um, when we don't play well early as an O-line and we're letting the quarterback get hit, he starts to see ghosts. Um, yeah. There's times in the pocket where he could have stepped up. But, um, you know, there wasn't confidence there with what was being shown by the O-line. So he started to you know, run, run out the pocket when he didn't have to. He started to think there was pressure when there wasn't. Um, and that's tough. All the great quarterbacks, any great quarterback, what beats them is pressure, um, particularly guys, pressure with four down. Um, when, you can, when you can rush four and drop them in coverage and get there still and create pressure, you so, can forget about it. Not one quarterback in the league is going to come out with a good showing. Um, so we got to do better as an O-line. Um, Pat needs to do better on his end. And defensively, there's a lot of a lot of better that um, this entire team can do right now. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot there. And, and I want to unpack some of it. I think one of the things you said, and I, so I was listening to Coach Reed's presser on Monday, and one of the things, things that he said that really scared me was he said, somebody asked him, you know, what after seven games now, what's the team's identity? And he said, well, you know, we're still trying to figure out what our identity is. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, this is clearly a mental thing, right? I mean, the defense has its troubles. The fact that the offense put out three points, the, the, there shouldn't be a possible world where, where that happens. I mean, it's just that 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 is clearly a mental block. There's there's something going on there that it is not talent. It's not scheme. It's not. It's just that the the guys are are flustered or yeah. something with their confidence. There's something's going on. And when when he said that in his presser. I mean, you think about you, got, you were with these guys, you know, the year before the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl year, uh, last year, you know, going to the Super Bowl. These are the same. These are a lot of the same guys. Uh, I just when he said, well, you know, we're still trying to figure out what our identity is. I was like, oh, no, that's. Well, that's it's tough, man. I mean, I don't know. I, there there are some players that aren't on this roster that, that were good. I mean, yeah. I mean, offensively, I mean, you got, you know, Sammy Watkins. I know, mm-hmm. you know, people don't think much about that departure, but he was big in that offense. He was a yeah. reliable yeah. number two. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we changed the complete O line, but they had some continuity there. Um, yeah, and they knew Pat. Um, mm. I think that's one of the things with with Orlando. What he's trying to figure out is like. Sometimes Pat's going to be a little bit deeper than you think. So yeah. you can't have that. I mean, as O-linemen, we have that clock in our head and we have that, you know, thought in our mind where the spot's going to be for the quarterback. But with mm. Pat, it varies. You just never know where he's going to be. So you can't just guess it. You got to make sure you're, you're doing everything in your power and standing for your man, even if you think the quarterback should step up. Pat's just right. – that's, that's his greatness. He creates, you know, plays by, you know, maybe dropping, drifting a little deeper, right. maybe rolling out the pocket, going on the run just doing some unorthodox things that aren't typical amongst quarterbacks. Um, so just getting to know the quarterback and understanding that and then just meshing as a group. I think up until this point, they've been doing an excellent job. I mean, yeah. playing really great, especially inside. Um, but it's just a bad game. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great point it is, you know, you lose a guy like Sammy Watkins and obviously everybody thinks about the production, but the fact that you have just sort of in a really key important cog in the entire system that you yeah. lost, right? So you look at this team and you see Kels and you see Mahomes, 
Uh, you see Hill and guys like that uh, in the Honey Badger and, and you think, Chris. All type of stuff. I mean, Eric Fisher's gone. Mitchell Schwartz is gone. Yeah, see, like, that's... These are, I mean, these are you yeah. may have gotten guys that, you know, can perform yeah. for production to a certain extent, but um, just the continuity um, that those guys had, um, like I said, knowing Pat and being um, leaders in that locker room in a different mm. way in that room, um, it, it, that's that's why championship teams are what they are. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard to repeat and and stay at the top because if you think about the big time guys like Patrick and, and Travis, but it could be a small piece that yeah. ends a small piece um, that ends up being one of those critical parts to the team. That is so key, and th- that I did not think of it like that. But you're right; I totally forgot about Fish and Swartz. Um, yeah, and then that just highlights. You can have talent for days, but if you if you haven't formed that identity, if you haven't come together as a group to form that cohesive unit, it doesn't. You can have pro bowlers all over the place. It just doesn't yeah. matter. Wow, that I don't know if that's been touched, but that's a really good point, Jeff. I, I did not think about that. Those well, I, I expected guys. this to take a little bit of time, especially with the O line. Um, yeah. But they surprised me. They came up. Yeah, they, yeah, they've been fantastic. Um, but collectively as a team, it's going to take time. And, and like Coach Reed said, um, they're trying to figure out their identity right now. Yeah. Every year is a new year. I mean, last year they did one thing. Well, this year is totally something different. Yeah. You know, they're, they're back to the drawing board. Defenses are playing them differently. And they have to, you yeah. know, figure that out. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot. There's just, I mean, there's a lot of things from schematics that you could talk about. I mean, I saw, you know, some analysts on ESPN talking about that the RPO in our offense, the RPO plays are slowing mm-hmm. us down. It's making the, the O-line, um, aggressive, all those things. Yeah. I don't agree with that, first off, because – Okay, so yeah, take have, me through that. Why would that be the case? They're saying they're not blocking as hard? Yeah, they're, they're saying that they're not blocking as hard because there's a pass option on there, and it could be either or. But for us as O-linemen, um, we're blocking the run. Like, we're not yeah. we're not blocking for the pass. We're not thinking no. about the pass. We're just blocking the win. Mm. Like if there was a run, the ball's handed off, so – that's false, and that, that's a part of our description. If we aren't blocking like it's the run, then you're getting a minus on that play. So th- yeah. those guys are blocking it like it's a real run. Um, I just think um, there could be something there with maybe Pat and his decision-making on whether to hand it off or throw it or, you know, trying to make a lot of plays or pressing. Um, you know, uh, Drew Brees talked about when he's on Manning Monday Night Football about, you know, there's some years where you're on teams where the defense isn't very good and you start to press. Yeah. Um, they talked about Jameis early in his career, feeling like he needed to put up 35, 40 points mm-hmm. you know, every game to even be competitive. And um, there could be a little bit of that with Patrick right now. There's yeah. a lot. Of, there's a lot of possibilities on what's going what's going wrong. Ultimately, um, it's just being able to go out there and control what you can control, and that's that's making sure you're playing hard. It's yeah. making sure you're doing your job. And I think that's the most disappointing thing when you see our right, guys guys aren't giving it their all right now. Um, yeah. And I know those leaders and they'll figure it out. There's, it could become mental. You don't even realize it sometimes. You might look at film like, man, I could have gave a little bit more. Um, but um, there's definitely going to be some digging there. They got to yeah. figure it out um, because but if they play like they did this past Sunday, you're liable to lose every week. So They, they got to get it right quick because, you know, one thing that's been a beauty about the schedule is you have, you've had a tough team and then a – you know, an average team and then a tough team and then an average team after, you know, they got New York this week after that, they got green Bay 
they have Dallas, and there's somebody else that's tough too. I think the Rams, I mean, maybe. I mean, every team's tough. It's the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, um, no question, no question. Um, it's the National Football League, so you can we can really lose every week um, yeah. if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I still believe in this team. Like I, I know, I know the character is character of these guys that they're going through something internally. Um, that's, that's for them to figure out. I'm not in the locker room, right. um, but for my time being in there, I know, you know, the true core of these dudes and I know what they're made of. So right. I'm not giving up on, on them. I think they'll, they'll figure it out. I know we say that every week, um, but that's just what I believe, man. You well, can't tell me any, anything else, you know, with the head coach, you know, hmm. with the, you know, the leaders in that locker room, like they, they got what it takes. They just got to do it. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, you know, you, offense, you had, or just the team in general had nine penalties, two fumbles, a pick. Uh, time of possession was 36 minutes to 23 minutes. It's like high school. I mean, these are things, this is not being, you know, th this is not that the talent on the other side is better. Th this is stuff that we say every week. This is in-house fixable stuff. And like mm -hmm. having talked to you, it really makes sense now how, and, I, and we knew this before, but now it really is clicking how this is just, it's a mental thing. And you have a new a unit that has some newer guys and you're trying to put this identity together. And that's not easy to do. And a lot, yeah. you know, we talk about training camp being an important time to do that, but sometimes you can't get that done in three or four weeks when you have some new guys at critical positions and you lost some key leaders like Fish, like Schwartz, like Sammy Watkins. I mean, uh, I think you bring up a lot of good points. And so uh, that actually does give me more hope to, you know, in looking towards the future of this team, really. But, and you know, Jeff, once you get it, you get it. I mean, it comes yeah, together. Get it. And it, I mean, it's I, done. I we did two weeks ago, and I know we're going to touch on this, but I mean, 2015, we started one and five. Mm -hmm. And it was some of the same things. It was um, a lack of identity. It was yeah. guys weren't giving their, their, their full effort. Um, Tons of mistakes on both sides of the ball, a bunch of miscues, and it was a lot of shooting ourselves in the foot. Right. And that was all things that we could fix. And I feel the same about you know this team, except this team's way more talented. I know. Like it's way more talented than we were in 2015. Yeah. We were good, but we weren't this good, like on paper. So um they can do it, they can turn it around. It's just right. a matter of, of want to. And I think I think we definitely had that grit that year. We had that want to, we didn't want to lose. And no one was more disappointed in our performance than us. And yeah. I feel the same about these guys because I know these guys. Yeah. No one's more disappointed. No one's, no one's more frustrated um, than these guys in this locker room. And they, yeah. they want to get it fixed. It's just figuring out how to get it fixed. And it, it may make, make some tweaks in there. Yeah. You know, change the lineup. I know we did that in 2015. We inserted yeah. some guys in different places. And we got back to the basics. Offense yeah. in particular. I know defense probably did the same thing. But we got back to the basics. We're okay. We're gonna get be fundamentally sound. We're gonna work on our technique and practice. We're gonna make sure we're we're doing the right thing. We're using our hands on the line, and we're calling some plays. You know, that just call it and run it. Keep it simple. Right. You go out there. You beat the guy in front of you. That's day one in football. Yeah, that's it. One on one. You beat your guy, and more than likely we're gonna win. And that's right. what we got to that year. And I think they need to get to that. So, like, take what the defense gives you, and make sure you're dominating your guy every single play. That's don't try it. to be too fancy. Just smash it up, gut it out, and, and figure out a way to get a win. It doesn't have right. to be pretty. You don't need style points. It's just go out there and get a win. Be, yeah, 
be a dog out there. That I mean, Rex Ryan used to talk about building the bully, like just yeah. go out there and you want to impose your will every play. Uh, yeah, and I think the paradox of this game is, uh, again, going back to the fact that they only scored three points on offense is clearly a mental identity thing. It's clearly that that's just there, that is not because there's not talent there or they got yeah. outmatched. It's something. There's a mental block, and I think you've really teased out everything that's going on. Before I get into, I wanted to touch on the 2015 team again. But before I get into that, I wanted, I did want to talk quick about Orlando Brown. Because I've seen he's getting a lot of heat um, for letting up a couple sacks. And when I'm looking at that, now, again, I'm I'm not an offensive lineman, but it seemed like you know when an, when an offensive tackle is outmatched speed-wise. Yeah. You can see the technique as soon as the ball, you know, as soon as the ball is hiked, you see that tackle's running back. The technique isn't great. He's flying back as fast as he can. This wasn't the case with Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown was getting off the football. He had a nice step. It seemed like he was satisfied with what he did. It wasn't like he got beat around the corner by some speed rusher. Like he he got engaged with man. He washed his guy by, and it just seemed like he was washing his guy right into that. So I didn't know if you if you had any sort of insight on what's going on there. Is that a deeper drop than he's used to, or did something? I think, change? It's, a, I think it's a combination of of a bunch of things. I think. He did have a few sets where he was a little bit late off the ball. Mm-hmm. We could have got a better better set, but that happens on the road. I mean, crowd noise, yeah. um, dealing with the silent count, getting used to that. That's something new for him. He's getting used to a new center, a new offense, a new cadence yeah. with the silent count. So yeah. he's had, he had a couple where he could have been, you know, a little bit faster off the ball. But a few of them, he was, you know, getting a DN 10, 12 yards up the field. And typically as a tackle, you don't expect for the quarterback to be sitting that far or that right. deep in the pocket. So – in his mind, he thought he had to be in a good position. He's just going to, you know, wash him by. Quarterback's going to step up. You know, ball will get off. Well, that wasn't happening. Pat, Patrick wasn't stepping up, and that started early in the game where he was getting some pressure um, from everywhere. And then um, when he did have opportunities to step up, he didn't. So now that gave the defensive end opportunity to chase him down from the backside. Um, I don't know what was going on from the – you know, I don't really watch – you know, the receivers that much, but I'm assuming him not getting the ball off and stepping up and getting the ball off. That means guys weren't open. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's guys have to get open. And I think when every, it's, it's all, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a working system. If every, if one thing is off, it makes everything look bad. That's right. So you're getting pressure. Guys are getting open. You can't get the ball off because the quarterback's getting sacked. All right. Now we're finally blocking it up. Receivers aren't getting open, nowhere to go with the ball. Quarterback gets sacked again. That's right. Um, just a ton of different things are going on right now. Um, and it just speaks to what type of day it was. It just was a it was a poor day all around. I think they, they started taking turns. Everybody's right. like, okay, it's my turn to mess up. All right, let me mess up now. Let me mess <laughs> yeah, up. Everyone right. was just taking turns, and that's that's a recipe for disaster. And we saw that on Sunday. That's what resulted in in three points and Probably the worst game you've ever seen from Patrick, and this right. Chiefs offense under Andy Reid. I don't, I don't ever remember even having a, a bad day like that with Andy Reid. Like, right. maybe we did, you know, but um, that was pretty. That was one of the all-time worst offensive performance under Andy Reid with the Chiefs. Yeah, I tell you say that because I was trying to think back. I was like, we must have lost the game or bad, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, like I that. mean, maybe, but like that was just that was just yeah, it was. 
it was bad. It was bad execution. Um, it's bad all around, man. <laughs> I wanted to go. So this was, I don't know if you can see, I got terrible handwriting, but this was a play we used to run with the Jets where we would have one end run this fish hook technique and drop this guy out into coverage and then have this tackle come up, sorry, this way. And then this other guy would come underneath. And the idea was, this the fish hook, yeah, would get this. Cause if you're playing Russell Wilson and Wilson liked to roll out to his right, we would run this the opposite direction to get him roll out the wrong way, the way that he wasn't comfortable. And this was like the technique that it looked that's like this were, end was running. That's what they were doing. They did it against Josh Allen the week before. Yeah. Um, because I guess statistically, he Josh Allen doesn't throw well running rolling out to the left. Right. So that, that defensive end, his job wasn't to – typically you, the best way to get to the quarterback is either a direct route with an inside move or bend in that corner immediately. Right. So these defensive ends are running 10, 12 yards at the field. That's not going to get you a sack in, in any normal circumstance. That's actually no. the wrong thing to do. But they're like, they saw something in the game plan where they're like, you know, Patrick doesn't step up as much. He's a little deeper than a normal quarterback. You get upfield, run as fast as you can, bend the corner a little bit, get him to flush out the pocket, and we'll be sitting there waiting for him. Yeah. That's a good plan. But I mean, all you got to do is get home. The yeah. end was. <laughs> Getting a sack. Yeah, like, all you got to do, do in that situation, and I think for the most part, the interior of the O-line, you know, 90% of the time had a good pocket inside. Where yeah, yeah. Um, there were some plays where Trey Smith got beat, um, but for the most part, they were they were stout in there. And there were some, po- some, you know, point pockets in there where he could step up and, you know, get the ball off. But, you know, I don't know what he sees on the back end, you know? Yeah. Maybe he's trying to flush out to get a guy, you know, get on a scramble drill because guys aren't open. Um, but, you know, from looking from the O-line perspective and seeing what I saw, um, there was opportunities to step up and there was opportunities for the O-line to do better. It was just yeah. everyone was taking turns. Yeah, yeah. It looked really strange to me that just a couple of those brown sets, it was just like, man, something, something that looks more like something's out of whack than he's just getting beat. Just but yeah, no, okay, so I wanted to go to the 2015 season and talk about sort of two things, uh, you know, a different element. We, we've talked a lot about uh, how we got out of that one and five start. Um, but I wanted to talk about first what it's like to be a player going through this. Uh, because, you, you know, as much as you try to block yourself out from the outside, these, especially a team that has the expectations that – Kansas City had going into this year, they're feeling the heat, right? So now you have another element that you're working against. Not only are you dealing with the in-season stuff that you're trying to fix, you're also dealing with this outside pressure, right, from everybody. And it's not just, you know, you could not look at your Twitter. I remember getting calls from my mom and dad saying, what's going on? You know what I mean? You know, it's like you you can't avoid it. And so... This is this is a really really difficult time, and it really does test the team uh, uh, individually because uh, you're going to feel this heat from the outside, and how guys handle that and respond to that is going to be crucial, um, especially this early in the season. You you have to be able to bounce back, and so I know I didn't handle it very well. I mean, one of the reasons why I retired after the 2015 season was. I just came home like a madman all the time. I mean, I yeah. just, I couldn't, I just, it really would affect me. Uh, if we weren't doing well, if I wasn't playing well, 
um, I, I couldn't not bring it home. I was a, you know, I was a terrible husband, uh, terrible father. And I, you know, I knew I had another baby on the way. I was like, I can't, I can't go through another NFL season. And one of the reasons being is I know how hard things are right in, in this, you know, in this climate, in this atmosphere, in that cheap soccer room right now. Um, so I didn't know if you had any sort of, uh, I, I'm sure you can relate to that because it's just, it's what all, it's everything, yeah. you know, what you go through. I definitely can relate to it. I think, um, not giving a fuck, honestly. I, yeah, yeah. I think the later I got in my career, I just started not to care about outside noise. I thought I eliminated distractions, yeah. even with family sometimes. Like, like sometimes they would, <laughs> they just don't understand. So I'm like, okay, let me eliminate that. Same with the media, same with, yeah. you know, social media, all these different, you know, avenues where people could chatter and not really knowing what's going on. Even us right now, we're, we're speculating, even though we're foreign right. players. We don't truly know what's going on and right. going on in the locker room. So, you know, don't listen to us, guys. No, you have to listen to one on one. I really have no idea. I even don't listen to Mike and Jeff right now. We're just guessing. Um, we we're calling like we see it. I mean, yeah. obviously there's struggles, um, but we don't know that the internal issues, deep down issues, on why things aren't going the way we expected them to go. Yeah. Um, but eliminate outside noises. Um, keep the main thing the main thing. Control what you can control. All these different things that you know, cue you to keep everything in line. Yeah. Um, getting back to the basic is, basics is critical, man. Like it's, right. that is the, that's the fundamentals. That's, that's what gets things going, lining up the right way, making sure you're not making mistakes, eliminating right. pre-snap penalties, um, making sure you're doing your job. What is your, what is your role? What, what do you, what are you supposed to do on this particular play? Mm -hmm. Guys need to lock in on those things and it'll all line up, man. It's just, Right now, it's just a bunch of mistakes all over the place, mm. whether it be pre-snap penalties, whether it be, you know, post-snap penalties, whether it be guys not doing their job on any particular play, um, guys not winning the one-on-one -on -one matchups. There's just a bunch of things going on. And guys get paid. To, we all get paid. Right. You're going to get beat. Like, that happens. Um, but right. your job is to try to win more than the other person in front of you. Right. And then don't mess up. Like, do your job. Like, right. that. The self-inflicted stuff. Control what you can control, like effort and attitude. I think when we were one in five, like our attitude just completely shifted. I was playing like a madman. Yeah. I was angry every single week. I was pissed yeah. off. I played pissed off. And while playing pissed off, I also did my job. I was yeah. making sure I wasn't making those little mistakes. And I was giving myself the best chance to be the best player I could be along while helping the team. So yeah. just do the little things. Yeah. You know, it was one mental thing that, that, really affected me throughout my entire time in Kansas City. And I wonder, I've never spoken to other players about it, um, but I, I finished up six years in New York and the trajectory of my career was up. Every year I was getting better and better and better. And then I signed the deal with Kansas City. I don't know if I've talked about this yet, forgive me if I have, but um, it just, the Orlando Brown thing reminded me of this. Um, so I get to Kansas City and I signed this big contract. Well, big, big for what I would have, you know, what I was doing. And I remember I, I felt this added pressure to be perfect all the time, right? Because now yeah. I'm getting paid uh, bigger money. And so I can't, I can't let down. I have to be perfect all the time. I couldn't laugh at myself when I made a mistake. Um, I, I just felt so much. I put so much pressure on myself and didn't give myself any grace. And I had my three sort of worst years in Kansas City. 
and I think that was really, really played into it is I just drove myself mad because I knew I wasn't living up to the contract that I was getting paid. And so I don't know how many other guys feel that, but when I see the Orlando Brown thing, I know Chris just got paid. Mahomes obviously got paid. Um, that happens. I mean, that happened yeah. to me in Houston. My first year, um, it wasn't – I had a really great great year my last year in Kansas City yeah. before I had no free agency. Um, and then I had like an average year my first year in Houston. <laughs> I'm getting paid a bunch of money. And I just – I was just putting a bunch of pressure on myself. And the second I realized that, you know, it's just a game. <laughs> Yeah. At the end of the day, like this is a, a child's game that grown men are playing, that we, you know, right. grew up playing, that we love playing. And accepting the second I stopped thinking about the money and the expectation, you know, that came with it, um, I started to play better. My second year was a lot better than my first year in Houston. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's added pressure when you get paid for sure. Yeah. Um, that's something that's not, you know, talked about. But there's also, also the flip of that. Like we were different, we were wired different. Like, we put pressure on ourselves because we got paid, but there's also guys that get paid and mail it in. And like, yeah. like I'm paid now, you know, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm good. I'm, I've made it. Like I don't have to make another dime. And um, I don't think that's, there's guys like that on this team. But no, no. There, there's, I mean, that happens too. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Before we get going, let me give a word, a shout out to our other sponsor. And that is tickets for less. If you're looking to score an unbeatable deal on Chiefs tickets, check out my friends at Tickets for Less because they've got you covered. Locally owned for more than 17 years, TicketsForLess.com has the best selection of Chiefs tickets for every game, all without the outrageous taxes or per-ticket service fees you find on other sites. Plus, you can use our exclusive KCSN promo code for Tickets for Less to save even more. Use code KCSN21 at checkout to save big on any Chiefs order at ticketsforless.com. That is KCSN21. Check them out. Tickets for less. So, again, going back to the 2015 season, one thing that we ha- I don't think we have talked about that I thought really did help us um, that year, we have talked about how when you get into a situation where you're 1-5 and, and you have a 0% chance of making it to the playoffs, all but 0% chance, you have two sort of gut reactions. You have the guys that uh, are up on a contract and say they're just going to go rogue to try to make plays and pad their stats so they can get better a better contract. Or you have the other guys who aren't up on contract and just say, hey, let's pack it in and get ready for next year. Like, I just don't want to get hurt out there. That's when things really get bad, and I've been in locker rooms where that's happened. Kansas City, that didn't happen. And the one thing I, there are a number of things. The one thing that we haven't talked about is what I think the military calls decentralized command. Mm -hmm. And Andy Reid did this in Kansas City, where he had his leadership council, where in each, at each position group, he had a point man, right? He had a leader at each group. And on Wednesdays, we would go and meet with him in, you know, in the uh, coaches, uh, coaches room. Uh, the coach's study room or whatever. The, team, the boardroom or whatever. Yeah, the boardroom, yeah. And he'd be like, look, just be honest with me. You tell me what's going on. I'll tell you how I feel. Nothing leaves this room, and there's no hard feelings, and we're just blunt with each other. And um, and so that was good for a lot of reasons. One, he could get the message out to everybody without having to go to everybody to get it out, right? He gave it to the leaders in each position, and they brought it to the group. The one thing that we had that year that was spectacular was that each group, we had great leaders, Yeah. right? And so each group really took care of itself. 
and said, okay, hey, here's what Andy Reid wants. Let's calm down. We know we're one in five. We're not going to worry about anything else but getting better. Let's do this as a group. Let's put like defensive line. Let's focus on what we got to do. Let's get better. Let's fix these things. We're not worried about anybody else. We're worried about just about us. The leadership at each group that was able to prevent that split, right, where you have guys going rogue, you have guys packing it in, and bring it in, um, that was crucial. And you talked about losing guys like Fish and losing guys like Schwartz and Watkins. Those are the kind of guys that are really – their play on the field, of course, is important. Um, but, boy, what they bring off the field. Yeah, they're, they're leaders. Premium, they're leaders. And it's not, premium, it's right? not always the, the best players that are the best leaders in the locker room. Right. I think in this case, um, I mean, Patrick is one of the best leaders on the team. So, right. Honey Badger. But in our case, I mean, we had guys like – Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito in there. Yeah, brother. We were good players. We weren't weren't the stars on the team. We were, but we were good leaders. We were good um, voices of reason within the locker room. Right. And guys, you know, listen when we spoke. So I think that, I think, I'm sure they're doing that still. Yeah. That was a key key part of us, you know, being honest and transparent. Like, hey, this is how we feel as players. You know, you don't have those direct lines of communications with head coaches everywhere. Um, Right. Being able to lay it all out, like, hey, man, I think, you know, maybe we need to change the practice schedule or maybe we need to do this, maybe we need to do that um, without any egos involved. Like, right. just right. complete honesty. And sometimes, you know, we didn't see eye to eye. It was just right. like, no, nah, actually, I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, yeah. that's a good idea. So I think being able to do that um, is critical and, and can help if they're not doing that already. Yeah. Yeah, so you had what we've talked about a number of times, which is the focus on whatever's next, right? We're not going to worry about what the outside is saying. We're not going to worry about what's next, you know, who's down the line, the playoffs, everything everybody's talking about. We're just going to worry about winning at whatever's next on the schedule. So if we go to dinner, you're going to win at dinner. You go to lunch, you go to weightlifting, you go to film, practice, whatever you are, be great at it. Um, that was huge. And then the fact that we had great leaders at great at, at each position, each unit, each each position group had their own, you know, guy that could be the voice there to rein everybody in. That was crucial. Yeah. And you're right. When I look at the chemistry and makeup and structure of this roster, it's the same thing at each group. You can point to a guy and say, yeah, okay. That, that's that, you know, they have, they have somebody there. And so that, that gives me a lot of hope um, for this team as well, because there you don't see the ego guys. You don't see the guys that are going to be out for themselves, whether it be protecting themselves and packing it in or, you know, just going rogue and doing what they got to do to pat their stats. Those guys aren't on the roster. And leadership positions don't have those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gives me a lot of hope. And I think that was something that we did really well that year that made a, a massive difference. Um, so, yeah, Big Jeff, I mean, you talked about this earlier, and I think it's a case like there's, there's really not much else to talk about. Like we no. just – Got to get a consistent three phases every game. Start with the Giants this week and then just continue to build. And nobody, nobody, you know, act outside of the scheme. Nobody do more than they have to do. Again, if you take away the two fumbles and the interception, you know, they might not win the game, but this is, it's still a lot closer. This team wins three of the last four games or whatever, you know, yeah, three of the last four. Uh, or two of the last three losses without these turnovers uh, and penalties and things like that. All stuff that they can fix. So 
whatever they're doing in that locker room, they just got to come together, find that identity gel, and just build one game at a time. Just start stacking those bricks. And so that's what we're looking for next week, brother. Stack them, stack them, you know. Go on and beat the Giants. That's it. Please please go on and beat the Giants so, (laughs) you know, I can have a good week. That's it. It's the stinking Giants, man, all right? Being a Jets fan my whole life. We On record, you know, we have to beat the Giants because – you know, yeah. I, I tweeted some things in the offseason about the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> and if we lose to the Giants, Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen will be freaking on fire. Oh, and, that's right. We did give yeah. them all the time. Dude. <laughs> there will be so many think pieces and articles. And so many like, I can't take it. Please be just, if I ask for one thing, just beat the Giants. Oh, just you got to beat the Giants for us, KC. <laughs> yeah, we can't. I don't want that smoke on the Twitter. Yeah, I want that smoke for sure. Beat the <laughs> Big Jeff, love you, brother. Thanks again for your time. What Chiefs Kingdom, thank you again for tuning in to One on One. We will see you next week after this W against the Giants. Go Chiefs, baby. Go Chiefs, man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.